Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to WithInsightsRadio.com. Sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to WithInsightsRadio.com. I'm your host, E. Garcia, joined by... David Two Crows. And Adrian Alert. Yes, we are. We are your hosts for tonight, and uh, we want to thank you for joining us. David is in studio. Adriana is in an undisclosed location in the universe someplace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Um, Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're here live and we're broadcasting and we're going to be talking a little bit about um, uh, Standing Rock and, you know, the journey that I went on with uh, three friends of mine. But uh, before we start, I, I want to see how you guys have been doing and before I, I dominate the show, I guess, today. Okay. Well, um, how about you start, David? Okay, sure. Uh, while you were on your journey, I took a journey down to see my parents and uh, help them celebrate their 90th birthday. Uh, my dad's 90th birthday was while I was there. My mom's in January. And also their 68th anniversary. So a, a big milestone for, for them and the family. I hadn't seen my brother and my sister who were there um, in years uh, they're also in Arizona now, full time. I I think because they've discussed it and maybe want to kind of keep an eye on mom and dad as mm-hmm. they get older. But uh, they're still plugging away. You know, my dad's got earplugs and or ear hearing aids, and he has got <laughs> double vision in his left eye, but he's still going strong. You know, and uh, my mom is uh, is is doing well too. You know, they've had their health issues as they've uh, the last few years, but. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they uh, they made it through, and they're just uh, taking it one day at a time. And uh, yeah, I got to catch up with uh, with a few people that I knew, and then there were a bunch of people who knew me that I didn't know because they knew me when I was just a kid. You know, oh, okay, I cool. remember them. So it was great. Had a great uh, anniversary dinner, and it was it was a time for me to kind of take a step back and and look at my parents in a different light too. You know, and see them uh, as they're aging and kind of. Um, you know, I, when you're living with your parents and you're kind of under their jurisdiction, so to speak, it's it's one thing. But when when you're out from that and you can kind of see them as individuals and, and different in a different light, it's uh, it puts it you know it gives you a, a different appreciation or a different perspective on who they are. So uh, I was doing that, and also part of my mission there too was to capture as many. Uh, old pictures as I could because my mom has albums and albums and albums of pictures. That's awesome. Yeah, and then my grandmother mm-hmm. also has pictures that she put in there that was like back to 1904. Wow. And so I captured as many of those as I could, and I'm going to pass them on to my daughter uh, here, you know, in a, in the USB uh, <laughs> whenever I can send it to her. But yeah, family history was it was a focus and was kind of important to me uh, mm-hmm. while I was there. So. That was that was what I did. I had a very pleasant trip. But uh, in contrast, I mean, you were out there on the front lines of a very important issue and, and very uh, powerful experiences you were having. So I was following that as much as I could uh, mm-hmm. on Facebook. Yeah. But like I put okay. in my post, I said I'm very torn. You know, my heart is torn because I want to be there with you. Same time, I know it's important to be there with my family, and I was glad I did that. But Absolutely. so you know, um, that's uh, that was my my week last week while you were doing what you were doing. So. Cool. Well, how about you, Adriana? What do you, what were you doing? <laughs> well, uh, David, I'm glad you got to go visit your family and see everyone. That's very important. I too Thank you. have kind of been uh, on a quest more, I guess it's more uh, like a quest. Um, 
not too many people know this, but I have a brother who was uh, would be five years older than than me had he lived, but he did not live past his birth. And uh, I've been doing some of my um, digging into my roots, and I uh, went down home and uh, to a cemetery where a lot of my relatives are buried, and my brother is is also buried. Uh, in a cemetery down there, and he does not have a marker on his grave in the circumstances around his uh, birth slash death um, are, um, well, <laughs> my, according to my mother, who was in labor and who, of course, I would believe, she was in labor and my brother, of course, was alive and kicking and uh, ready to to be born. And at some point during her labor, um, it was determined that he was going to be a breech birth. And this was back in 1960, uh, just so that you know how, how far back we're going. Um, but uh, anyway, in I, I believe back then uh, they were supposed to um, a doctor would would have been required to turn the baby into position, but I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. Um, and as it turned out, an intern was sent in to turn my brother into position. And after that happened, um, my mother never felt any more movement out of my brother. So, as it turns out, he was uh, guest listed as a stillborn. But um, in my in my research, uh, I'm trying to make this a little bit short, uh, in, in my research, I've, I've uh, contacted the courthouse and the records department. And the only uh, proof that I have even of his birth or death is a picture from one of the ancestry websites where someone had actually went to the uh, vital statistics and took a picture of the death register from that year. And that is the only thing that I could find with his actual birth date, his name, my parents' name, and the doctor on there. And uh, so anyway, I called the courthouse a few times and uh, requested a copy of uh, if they could find his death certificate, and I figured that's what would have been produced. And the courthouse could not find any record at all with his name, period. So that um, I eventually got online and filled out the paperwork, the form to request then a birth certificate because I thought, well. He listed in the death register book, but maybe they didn't produce a, you know, a death certificate, so there should be a birth certificate. And so I sent off the form with the, you know, payment, a copy of my ID, blah, 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 waited over a week, and then I get this letter back because I also requested a copy of my birth certificate also. We were born at the same hospital. And... Uh, 
I got a letter back with a handwritten note that said, we're sorry, we do not have records for either one of you. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, well, let me, let me call them tomorrow. So I, I kind of knew why my record would not be under that last name, and that's only because legally my name was changed when I was a child. I had no say so in that. Uh, but why he, why there was not a record for him, the, the people at the courthouse could not even tell me. So then I was directed to the um, the main court, I guess, and to I ended up getting a hold of a supervisor. And even he could not find anything uh, while we were on the phone for about 30 minutes. And finally he said, I'm going to have to call you back. So he does some digging and uh, Doc called me back and he said that he did find this information, but that I and I could not do this. My mother would have to get online, get this form, and she would have to specifically request this um, record herself. So I've been talking, of course, with my mother through all of this and. It's not been an easy um, subject to approach her about to begin with. I'm very uh, cautious and careful about hurting, bringing up, you know, something that has really never has been put to rest for her. And there's just so many circumstances around this, uh, even going to the cemetery and I Finally, God, it took me a week to even find a phone number to the cemetery. I contacted them to see if they had record of where my brother was buried. And the cemetery does not have a record of him being there. So basically, I have been fighting a battle of proving that this child ever existed, even for a second, from from birth to death, it doesn't matter. I really came up with a lot of roadblocks in... Uh, any kind of red tape it seems like I've had to go through, mm-hmm. I've been going through that. But uh, I will be victorious. <laughs> I am getting there, and slowly but surely. So that's, that's just kind of been my quest. But, again, it, it has to do with my uh, my ancestors, you know, and uh, some things that happened in the past in our family that uh, weren't exactly pretty and, from the outside looking in and from actually my uh, mother's actual story that she's told me of everything, um, you know, it's uh, it, it almost seems like there's been a cover-up of, of things regarding his birth slash death. So it's been interesting, and uh, it's... Uh, Kind of been a struggle, but like I said, I will be victorious. So I'm getting there slowly but surely. And that's that's, that's yeah. about it. Yeah, that's that's the thing I've discovered too. When I start researching my past, sometimes it answer it. You know, you get more questions than you get answers. Uh, you know, uh, like oh. with my my grandmother. You know, 
Um, I would wish I could just bring her back for just an hour to talk to her <laughs> about the things that went on. Cause like you, you know, there's some conflicting stories and there's, uh, you know, my grandfather, she married and was just with him for just a couple of years and then he supposedly died, but I can't find any death certificate for him either. You know, my dad mm-hmm. found out that he could actually be someone else's son. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it, sometimes it gets a little convoluted, you know, but, uh, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a mystery that you know, if I don't solve, maybe something in the future can pick it up and take it up. But uh, yeah, that's it's important to know the past, and I think as we get older, that becomes even more important for us. So, but uh, good luck on on your uh, good luck on your investigations too, my dear. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And Iggy. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, we have the election coming up tomorrow. That could be a whole show in itself. But, yeah. Let's. Uh, Take a moment to pause on that one. Yeah. Pause. Okay. <laughs> I tell you, the election's coming tomorrow. I just tell everybody just if you're gonna vote, fine. If you're not, don't. I mean, mm-hmm. it's fine. I mean, at this point, I think everybody's kind of made up their mind. If you haven't made up your mind, I don't know. Maybe you're just drunk or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Maybe that's a little rude, but. Yeah, I I <clears throat> made a little video about this earlier and posted it too about. How you know this can be a very divisive time for us. There's been a lot of emotion, a lot of uh, of conflict and confrontation, and uh, dividing up into camps. And you know, uh, Hillary's a crook, and Trump is an idiot, and you know, a womanizer and a racist, and I mean, just all the things you you hear out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so than any election that I can remember. You know mm-hmm. that this has been so divisive. And uh, the the thing is, you know, there's going to become a tomorrow and a tomorrow and a day after that, and so we're going to have to we're going to have to learn to to move forward past all this. And I just hope that there's not a, a big division that comes in our country and armed camps, uh, you know, setting up on either side of the factions. You know, it's just we, we are at a point where that could happen. You know, seriously, we could end up with some sort of civil war or revolution in this country if we're not careful, if we don't remember our roots and the fact that we are one people in one nation, despite all the the differences that we have, we have a commonality too, you know, and and that tradition of, of equality and, and, you know, uh, freedoms and things that the, the values that our country was founded on, maybe we haven't practiced them lately or, 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 you know, uh, experienced them the way they're supposed to be experienced, but they apply to all of us. And so uh, I just wanted to send a prayer out for unity and um, for, uh, healing uh, after this election comes. Um, so that was my message in that little video. Mm-hmm. Mine was my message in my video was just, you know, do it, do it, do whatever you want to do. Really, at this point, you know, those people stay rich regardless if we, whoever wins. You know, Donald Trump still a billionaire, Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton still a millionaire. Mm-hmm. You know, it, my pocketbook ain't gonna change too much, and. uh but you know they're always they're going to be well off regardless what happens, and you know may the best man or woman win you know yeah, and uh, may they do the best job they could possibly do and maybe she'll prove us all wrong if she wins maybe he'll prove us all wrong I yeah I don't know mm-hmm. you know I don't know who's going I can't even guess you know I can't even usually I can say hey yeah this guy's going but you, you watch if you if you're a guy who or a girl who buys into polls you know. The polls, I don't know. If, I, you know, the way things have gone this year, I don't trust the polls. No. <laughs> you know, I don't trust the polls at all. The polls do not impress me. Mm-hmm. You can't be so extreme from one end to the other. And, are, you know, it is close, though. I'll, I'll say that. This election is close. There is, um, 
there is a lot that went on. You know, we could talk about it on that on yeah. the show. <laughs> Maybe next Monday. Maybe next Monday we'll talk after the election. Yeah. You know what we thought, and we're going a bit. Um, you know, just just exercise your right to vote or not vote. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I'm not going to be one of that person that says, "Well, you have no right to complain." You know, that's that's who who are we to say. I mean, that, that's right? crap. You know, that's an exercise. That's that's a a sustained vote is also. A vote that not given is also a vote. A statement. Yeah, yeah, a statement, you know, a protest. So, all right. Well, okay. that's the way I look at it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do you want to take a break and then jump into it? Or? Uh, yeah, that's that's good. We can do that. Get a break real quick. Um, we're going to take a really quick break, and then we're going to jump into the journey to uh, Standing Rock and kind of tell you the things that I went through and what I saw my friends go through who were there with me. And uh, it's it's pretty intense story, so it's not really going to get too political per se. I'm just going to give my my uh, my view of what I saw and how I experienced uh, Standing Rock. Okay, we'll be right back. You are listening to WithInsightsRadio.com, your free online resource for achieving self-discovery and inspiration. With Insights Radio is a listener-supported radio station, and your donations are greatly appreciated. We cover a variety of topics, interviews surrounding the metaphysical and holistic and natural medicine alternative healing modalities, and much more. Thank you for tuning in to WithInsightsRadio.com. You are listening to WithInsightsRadio.com on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Your free online holistic publication research radio is trusting your intuition, achieving self-discovery, and following your soul self. You are listening to WithInsightsRadio.com with your hosts, Iggy Garcia, David Tucros, and Adriana Arts. Now back to the show. Welcome back to With Insights. I'm host David Two Crows, and I'm here with uh, Iggy Garcia, my friend and uh, metaphysical brother, <laughs> and Adriana Arts, and he's going to tell us about uh, his experience at uh, the Standing Rock Camp and the Sacred Stone Camp uh, out there in North Dakota. Um, can you give some background, maybe tell us what led you up to even wanting to go out there and what, what how that evolved? Um, kind of like how this happened was, you know, it was one of those things that you just kind of just ran by my, my screen on, on Facebook or in the news media. I, I was aware that something was going on, but I wasn't sure of the whole, you know, details, how in depth it was and what was going on. I was just thinking, oh, just another pipeline going down, you know, what's the big deal? I mean, they've played so many in the past. So what's one more pipeline? Hmm. But um, that's just my westernized thinking, I guess. Uh, being, you know, just in those, this little box that I live in and not being compassionate to that there are other people living somewhere else and in certain areas. Right. And so I kind of looked in it little by little and just kind of watched it and I saw the videos and I started getting kind of frustrated. I started seeing how people were being treated and I, I guess one of the final things was I saw the the the, the battle on uh, the 1806, the bridge on 1806, that video, it's infamous video you see now mm. where people are getting sprayed and beaten and clubbed and, and where the cars are charred and burned. I've been on that bridge. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, you know, and I said, man, what the heck's going on? And, and what, what, what kind of triggered me was a friend of mine. I posted something about that. There's no media coverage for Standing Rock or North Dakota. And I was watching, I was flipping the channels and I went to MMNBC or something like that, which I don't really watch. And my friend, uh, one of my friends posted, oh, look, hey, they posted something, you know, like trying to be sarcastic and funny with me. Yeah. And it it kind of pissed me off. I was like, you know, yeah, I'm watching it too, you know, like, Mm. and I was thinking, what a douche, you know, I'm like, "Eh," but, you know, that's what friends do. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And so I'm going, you know, that's one time that I've ever seen Mm. on the media. And then I went to bed and then I don't know if it was the night before or after, I forget, but I, I, I was sleeping and all of a sudden I hear this voice, Nacho, you got to go. And like a woman's voice, almost like my mother-in-law. And I was like, what? And I was Mary, are you okay? And I was like calling out loud because I'm in the basement. Yeah. Like maybe Don got hurt yeah. or whatever. And um, so I got my clothes, went upstairs and they're all sleeping in there. Um, she's sleeping on the couch. She's in his room. And I was like scratching my head going, wow, that was, that was, that was different. You know, mm-hmm. I've heard voices before, but that was like clear as clear can be. Like I'm talking to you right now, but yeah. they're very loud, like very like piercing that wakes you up. And it was like a deep bit and natural. You have to go kind of like, and you know, not too many people call me natural. You know, my family does, but, and then I was bound to determine that something I was going to do something. I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no clue. Mm-hmm. I was just going to, I was going to get involved somehow and I wasn't sure. And then I kept, just kept watching and kept feeling. And then I saw little by little that things were popping up, coming out, kind of like when you set intentions or you start to attract the energy, you start right. to attract the feeds that maybe you missed in the past. And then uh, I, I noticed that people were going, <clears throat> people were like, you know, taking off. I saw a few posts and I'm going, well, shoot, I, I should go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know why I should go, but I should go. Yeah, you feel yeah. like they had to. It was important that you were there. Yeah, it was yeah. a calling. It was just like, so I posted. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to Standing Rock, uh, North Dakota, and of course everybody's like, "Why are you going there?" Oh no, it's not in North Dakota. It's in South Dakota. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, "Oh my God, really? People, are you gonna be? Are you really gonna be like this?" You know. So that was pissing me off too. Mm-hmm. So that was that was kind of one of those things that was angering me because. Instead of saying, well, yeah, that's awesome, supporting you, they were, like, contradicting you, you know, yeah. and, and chastising you because you're going to go over there and interfere in something that's none of your business, in a sense. And so I posted that. One friend, um, his name is uh, his name is Alex, we'll call him Ringo. He, uh, he's like, oh, I'll go with you. And so I called him out. I said, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But send me a private message. He goes, you really going to go? I said, you're going now, right? Because you said you're going. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, I guess so. And so he had to get off work and reschedule. And he, well, he's an undocumented worker. Mm. And so here's an undocumented person going to, you know. Take a stand. Take against- a stand against uh, this black snake and, you know, what's going on in, in Sioux, uh, Sioux country out there. And uh, I was really proud of him. I had saw Paula's two posts. That's what kind of inspired me to go to. Mm-hmm. She was talking about going. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. So that's one another factor that made me want to go too. And then I, our, our post kind of crossed a little bit, and I saw she was leaving like a few days before me or whatever. And um, what turned out, she didn't. She ended up um, going with a couple of people from Dayton area. And then I get a few days later, like I get this message, call me ASAP, blah blah blah. 
And because these people, and she told me that the people who were going with her freaked out. They were freaking out. They were fearful. They, you know, I mean, they have the right to be fearful of all the stuff they've probably seen. So basically, she got stuck, either going back to Cincinnati mm-hmm. or finding another ride. Find another ride. Yeah. And so they drove her to Columbus, and I told her, "Well, you know, I'm not leaving until like Sunday, like wee morning. morning. Yeah. So I'm not leaving at, you know, so if that's okay with you." And she was fine with that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure at first she probably really wanted to get there like sooner and fastest she probably could, but it was the right time when we were supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And then um, I put the call out to give donations and and for clothes, for food, whatever we needed. I actually asked for you know gas money so we can get there. Mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna be bashful. I wasn't gonna be one of those things that you know, you know, if I'm gonna go out there, it's gonna make it a, a mission. You know, like my. Uh, um, ministerial service, you know, to stand standing rock and people came through. Yeah. People I was here. I uh, came and visited Paula while she was staying here waiting to, to go with you and, you know, just talk to her for a couple hours about mm-hmm. why she was going and, you know, what she was feeling. And, you know, uh, I donated some fudge for your trip. Yeah. We <laughs> ate it. It was yeah, great. Good. Figured you use a little snack along the way, but uh, more than that, I just offered my support, my prayers, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just part of me just wanted to be with you that and if, if things had been different you know i would have been i would have been right there with you sure, so, sure. yeah but but uh, it turned out the way it was supposed to and uh yeah so you guys left uh like late sunday night early yeah early morning, morning. Yeah. you know what's funny is paul and i aren't really like the best of friends per se outside of you know of this particular trip i i knew her mm-hmm. but i didn't really and hang, hung out with her, hung out with her. Yeah. and same with ringo he's my friend but i never really hung out with ringo so it's funny we we're just like these three completely opposite somewhat like similar spirits going on this journey mm-hmm. you know and, and trusting that we're all going to make it there Yeah. and uh, you know we were talking about what we're going to do what's going to happen you know what we're going to run into you know the road's going to be blocked blah 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 you know and we take turns driving and um, of course you know how I am I always like to Enjoy the trip versus you know. Yeah, you're gonna stop and see things. And, so yeah. I stopped and saw some things. I saw the big Buffalo's. buffalo. <laughs> Nothing was as big as this house. Yeah, huge. It was huge. Yeah. Then yeah. you know, and I was at the gas station, and I I was talking to the girls at the coffee shop who were running the Caribou Coffee Shop, and I said, Hey, have you guys seen the buffalo? And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. Have you seen our crane, the big crane? I'm like, Big, big crane. What do you mean, big crane? I said, look out that window. I look out the window, and there's this humongous tall crane. <laughs> and I'm like, what is the land of the giants? So she, and she goes, I go, everything's big in North Dakota, isn't it? She goes, not everything. <laughs> I was like, to a local woman's point of view. That was just kind of that was just kind of things I would run into. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, you know, those are both. All kidding aside, those are both very good signs, very good uh, totems to see along the way mm-hmm. there. You know, for your journey too. But uh, yeah. Um, then we saw the big, big white dude, the big corn guy. On our way back, but oh, okay. we didn't take a picture of him. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you see a big white dude anywhere. Right? That's fine. But no, that, that's that's cool. That's cool. And uh, when you got there, I understand there were border patrol. Yeah. Well, we actually we didn't stop. We stopped one night, like mm-hmm. part of the one night. We spent like six hours to sleep, just to get our batteries charged. So we ended up staying in this hotel. Oh, well, actually, it was a motel. It was a motel seven. Okay. Just a little plug for Motel 7. There's a Motel 6, 8, and 7. So it's kind of it's funny. <laughs> and, you know, we stayed there, and we met Tony. I talked to Tony. He was an Indian guy from India. Mm-hmm. You know, we actually did a broadcast from there 
one night, one morning. I don't know if you guys saw that one, but we were kind of documenting our trip. We were talking about what we're preparing ourselves for because it was all preparation. And um, finally, we uh, we made it to uh, – we were going to go to Fargo, but we decided just to stay before – I've never been to Fargo. You know, you mm-hmm. saw there's a movie called Fargo, I right, think. Right, right. So it makes looks little, mm-hmm. but it's actually really big. This, the town's really big. I was afraid we wouldn't find a hotel, but and I was wrong about that one. But we got to North Dakota and traveling through the speed limit's like 75 miles an hour. Everybody goes about 80. And we saw rainbows and all kinds of cool stuff, uh, sun dogs and things like that. So we really enjoyed that. But uh, eventually we finally, Minnesota, never go through Minnesota. The traffic's horrible. Okay. Construction? or No, it's just crazy david it was the most insane traffic i ever saw i'm glad we breezed through there on the way back yeah we made it to north dakota we made it to bismarck and you know that was kind of a place there was there's a college called russian college so that was Mm -hmm. pretty interesting you know just the little things that i yeah pick up on i'm going through there um so the exit was supposed to be 155 to take us to the route that's not closed and somehow I exited off 156 for some reason. And, you know, everything's divine intervention in my, in the kind of life I live. And uh, we just went down the wrong path in that particular moment, but it wasn't really the wrong path. Mm-hmm. It's the path that takes you to the place you want to be, but the end result, it's still closed regardless. Yeah. And so we're, we're cruising through the signs that say, do not the road close. Yeah. We just kept going. Cause that, that enough can pull you, get pulled over. Yeah. You know, crossing if you're not local traffic. It says it's open to local traffic, so I'm like, well, I'm local traffic. <laughs> <clears throat> Going local. I'll just act like um, I belong here, mm-hmm. and that's what's been that's what saved me through through this whole trip. Just acting like you belong there. Yeah. But then we got to this one point. We saw the the security down there. We didn't know who they were in the at one time. We were just kind of guessing. All those cops down there, sheriffs or whatever. And then we saw the sign, like a big, you know, the big lit sign. You know, when you see the big lit sign, that's kind of a sign that you should probably not go any further. Yeah. Two miles ahead, road is closed with an exclamation point, mm-hmm. you know. And so we turn off to the road. We turn left. And the next thing I know, you know, we're going, oh, my God, where do we, how do we get, how do we get over there? And how do we get around without going all the way back, backtracking and coming back in? Mm-hmm. You know, we would have done that if we had to. But um, and we're sitting there. And I think I text all you guys see if you guys could find oh, me a yeah, route. Yeah. Right, Adrian, did you get a text from me, right? Yeah. Yeah. I texted uh, Mary and everybody and just but there was no response yeah. because they were jamming the signals. We didn't realize they were jamming the signals at the time. We didn't know why our stuff wasn't working properly. I couldn't couldn't calibrate nothing. And then this little native guy, you know, pops up out of nowhere. I saw him coming through the rear view mirror. I'm like oh. I'm you like know what? And I was just concerned that maybe some guy with a gun was going to like, you're on my property, because we were on someone's property in mm-hmm. the fence. He pulls up to us, and he looks out, he rolls his window down, and I roll my window down. I was like, hey, how you doing? He goes, I know where you're going. Follow me. That's exactly just like that. He said it like that. <laughs> and I'm like, and Paula's laughing. She's like, yes. You know, she had more faith in it. <laughs> yeah. It's more <clears throat> divine intervention. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> and then my friend's like, he's going to rat us to the police. You know that, Yiggy. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I can I can see where you're coming from. <clears throat> so we drive down about a block or so to the ne- to the next road where we passed where the police were, <clears throat> which turns out to be Border Patrol. 
And uh, we pull up. He's ahead of us. We're following him. He pulls up. And I'm going, oh, man. We're, this guy's. this is what he does. He just yeah. gets people. And he just catches them for the cops. You know? He's like a snare or some sort. Yeah. So the Border Patrol's talking to him. At that point, I didn't know it was Border Patrol. And uh, the other guy comes to the window. He's like, hey, how you doing, guys? What's going on? Where are you going? I said, well, we're trying to go that way because we're trying to meet up with some friends. And he goes, who's your friend? He goes, well, he's our – I said, <laughs> he's our friend, and he's going to take us down this road. He goes, well, he can't go down this road. The road's closed. I said, well, he said he knows how to get us to where we need to be. He says, are you guys, uh, are you guys protesting? I said, no, we're not protesting. We're just trying to get on the other side of the bridge, mm-hmm. trying to get through. If I knew there was a casino there, I would have said we wouldn't go on gambling. gambling <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but uh, I didn't know. Now I do. If that happens, I'll let everybody know. Just tell me you're going to go to the casino. <laughs> but um, so the border patrols walk and they talk to him. They both talk to him. And then Paula goes, "Oh my God, Iggy, that bald guy is the guy who was beating everybody up on the bridge. He's the guy." She goes, and "I go, are you sure? I mean, I mean, what is a couple bald guys?" And she's like, "No." She showed me a picture and she goes, "That's him." I said, "Oh my God, that is him. He's the one who was like whipping everybody with sticks. Like he was like, you wow. know." And I was thinking, wow, I guess you're right. I said, you know, we were lucky he didn't talk to us because it probably would have been a different story. Mm-hmm. And but they didn't see my friend in the back. The other secu- the border patrol didn't see my friend in the back. Yeah, which is kind of funny. And I said, you know, I didn't know you were back there. And I had everything in bags, like these white kitchen bags, so it looked like trash. It looked like we were hauling trash more than anything. Yeah. So you know that kind of helped a little bit. Right. And they just probably just thought we were throwing trash out. So the young border patrol comes back to the car and he goes, well, I guess you're going, but you just got to keep up with him. He says he drives really fast. So he <laughs> let him through. I was like, oh, my God. And Paula and, and, and Alex, we all look at each other. Oh, my God. What the hell? That, that old man must have had quite a line of, uh, you know, a line of, line of uh, explanation about. Nobody was allowed down that road. This is access road to the pipeline. Yeah. We didn't know that until later. So we're driving and the sheriff stops us like a mile later. He goes, he goes, where are you guys going? And I go, well, we're following our buddy here. He goes, well, where's he going? I says, well, he's leading up to the other side of this bridge. He goes, well, the road's closed. You can't come through here. This is the pipeline runs through here. Nobody's allowed in there unless they have some type of clearance. And so our friend pulls around, and then the sheriff comes back to the car, and he goes, okay, you, you got to go down this road. They let us go. So he goes, you got to go down this road to Joplin. It'll take you to Joplin. You just got to go down left and then back right and left you know and he goes well the little guy knows where he's going so just follow him and so for about 30 40 minutes we were following this guy on this dirt road and we can see the pipeline like parallel right to yeah it was like all right there where it had been dug already buried Mm -hmm. and we came to a point where we actually were on top of it like where the fresh soil you know what i just and you can see all the security the dapple security looking at us with and they're like what's going on you know like how they get in here you know and uh, then the little old man stops at the stop sign, waves us with his hand. And he goes, oh, you guys probably don't think I know where I'm going, do you? I said, no, 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 we don't. He goes, I know where I'm going. He goes, follow me. He says, it's by about 30 more minutes. And when, we get to the, when you get to the blacktop, you, the pavement, you turn, you know, right. He was going to send us to Cannibal in another place, which was where the actual stuff had happened. Yeah, Cannonball's a small town right yeah. right there. But we actually wanted to go to Sacred Stone. So, well, where is that at Sacred Stone? Thing? Oh, no, no, then you got to go left. You got to go if you want to go. So he goes, okay. We took pictures with him. We thanked him. And we mm-hmm. gave, I gave him a sage stick, and he was really grateful for that. He's like, oh, you know, he was like, I haven't had one in a while, you know, like I really need it. And then he just waved us off, and, you know, we were all giggled. 
you know, giggling and laughing. Mm-hmm. And then we drove down um, Route 24, Route 24, and then we came up to a, a security checkpoint at Route 24 in 1806. We're like, oh man, well now what? Yeah. But it wasn't really a security point. It was just a, it was just just like a point in case things got rowdy. They would just close that road off. Mm-hmm. But they had like these like these mobile command centers, you yeah. know. Okay. And they were just like, and I didn't know which way to turn, you know, I was like, oh, it's going to turn left or right. I'm kind of nervous. And he's like, the cop's looking at me like, pointing which left, right, go? which way are you going, buddy? You make up your mind. So I go, I went left. Yeah. Because yeah. I knew that way was at least, but if we had kept going, we would run right into, um, our journey might have taken us uh, straight to Standing Rock versus uh, Sacred Stone, where mm-hmm. we were end up going. I don't know why we end up going to Sacred Stone. For some reason, people said we should go there. Okay. Now, what's the difference between Standing Rock and Sacred Stone? Uh well, Standing Rock is actually on the treaty land, the 18, 1851 uh, treaty lands that is in question, you know, what's happening there, who can be on that land. Uh, where we ended up was actually on reservation land. It's actually Sioux land. It is it is land that is actually mm-hmm. um, protected land. You can't just go on there. The Bureau of Indian Affairs is, like, in charge of there in that land. Mm-hmm. And supposedly, fingers in the air. No one's supposed to come into this land. And so we went to Sacred Stone. It's supposed to be a very um, a prayerful place where you pray and, and you help and you do stuff. It's not really... Well, like an intentional community. Yeah, it's an intentional community, but it's for people who didn't really want to battle or, or be frontliners or that they wanted to support the people who were on the front lines. So we came across to it, and first thing they ask you, hey, are you FBI, CIA, all the different things you can imagine they rattled off. Uh, Doppel, which is uh, Dakota Pipeline access people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just do you carry any armament, anything and stuff? And uh, we're like, nope, 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 no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. And so they led us through. Are you camping here? I'm like, we were like, well, are we camping here? I'm like, so we do, they said, well, we'll just put camping here just in case, you know, so they wouldn't question our car. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we arrived. Mm-hmm. What time of day was that? It was during the afternoon. Okay, so we had time to set up camp, get kind of get acquainted with the surroundings and some of the people before nightfall. Anyway. Yeah, it, we were a little lost. It's kind of, mm-hmm. there's really no, like I was telling Adriana on the show last night, there's really no uh, welp- welcoming committee, you know, and someone says, oh, welcome to Sacred Stone, you know. This isn't like a, a festive environment. This isn't like Woodstockish or anything like that. Yeah. This is a, res- a resistance camp is the best place best scenario I can call it mm-hmm. where, you know, these people are actually literally, you know, they're defending, support, supporting, yeah. defending. And, uh, I don't want to say they're at war in a sense, but they are there to stand mm-hmm. and it wasn't a party. Yeah. There was no drum circles and, and any fun activities per se. Was there an orientation that you got? To yeah. Do? Eventually when you start to like figure out, you know, cause everybody just assumes everybody knows everybody. And some people are coming and going constantly. Every day, new people come and new people go, old people go. Mm-hmm. So in and out, there's constant flow. And we finally went to the Sacred Fire. They led us to that, and we introduced ourselves. And we, we actually met um, LaDonna. She, LaDonna is actually the – she's a lives on the reservation. Her house is on top of the hill. She's the lady whose daughter was arrested and was put in the, in the, in the jail, stripped naked, without clothes on. They took all her clothes off and left her in the jail. She was arrested for speeding and she wasn't driving. 
So yeah, she's the one that um, you, I don't know. You guys probably heard about. I'm not sure, but yeah, oh, there's yeah. very tense, very upset, very angry. The things that they were doing there. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, Adriana, do you have any questions or comments to make yet? Oh no, I just am uh, okay. listening. I I kind of went through a lot of this last night on on the other show. So. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, don't be afraid to speak up. I won't. I, I know you won't. <laughs> 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 wow. So. There you were. I mean, um, was it was it a shock to you? How did you kind of acclimate to it? Or well, you don't know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know what you're really coming to, even though you followed it on the news or social media for a bit. You didn't really know what what's happening. You know, just you had to put a lot of faith and trust in the process, at least for me. And neither did. Paula, neither did Alex, especially Alex. He's just trusting that I knew what I was doing. Right. <laughs> but he did okay. He adjusted very quickly, you know. And so did Paula. But we got to the Sacred Fire. They there was an orientation for new people, what to expect, what not to expect. But there was the biggest thing that they taught us immediately quickly is misinformation. The misinformation runs rampant on all these camps. There are people who are in the camps, even our camp, who are not who they seem to be. They're there to create distrust, disharmony, mm-hmm. and to agitate, to put, you know, instill fear in people's, you know, minds, you know. There's a lot of people suffering from post-traumatic stress disorders and stuff because of all this, and they made that very clear. And we met some of the characters, you know, who, there's warriors, there are people who are considered water protectors, but they're really true warriors. They're like, really, they were the ones who will take a bullet for, you know, the cause. Mm-hmm. They don't want to, but they were willing to. And then you have your peaceful people who just pray, excuse me, hold space, hold space for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot, there's a lot, there was a lot going on. There was a lot to process, a lot to take in. And then, you know, just the fact when they plant that little seed in your head that it, you can't trust anybody, you know, that, that in itself drains you, you know, that in itself. Yeah. It's got you always second guessing everyone. Yeah. And you're hearing and... So everybody that you're looking at, you're not sure. And then you have to catch yourself how you're talking. Because you could create uh, something that's not true, too, because something you heard outside the camp, you know, whatever. Right, right. Yeah. Now, did they did they put you right to work, or did they give you opportunities to do things, or how did they kind of um, determine what your best uh, contributions could be to the camp? Well, first of all, we you know we asked where to put our donations and stuff. That was our main goal, to, to distribute the donations that we had brought and all the supplies we brought. Mm-hmm. And then um, – they were grateful, but you know, there's there's a big need for human human help, like right. people help, because there's a lot of the stuff I saw were donated that had not even come out of the black plastic bags yet, and been there, and you know, there's just not any manpower, you know, that's the best way I can say. Not enough hands to help. Yeah. yeah. So now the work, the work that needs to be done is building TP poles, and you know, there's the school, there's the the mess hall, the kitchen that you know you work on. Or whatever they need you to do. So you, you have to kind of, excuse me, David. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm yawning. Probably just tired from everything from this whole trip. But, um, yeah, it's just, uh, and if you have a skill, then you tell them you have a skill. You say, hey, I have a skill. I know how to do this or do that. Mm-hmm. And so they would uh, kind of assign you to things. They placed you on security? 
Yeah, I, well, I got to help with security. Like, I actually got to go around with the guy who's the head of security, which is kind of cool, and that was kind of fun. And uh, he was just telling me the things they do. Everybody has a different name there. All security guys aren't not their name. Their names aren't real names because there's so much infiltration from people mm-hmm. that they didn't actually give their name. Like the guy Steve, is you know his name wasn't Steve. And then when the reason I found this out was because when we were down by the check post, um. I said, oh, Steve sent us, you know, over here. And he goes, who's Steve? You know, like, yeah. you know, and the guy was named Jake. I'm like, what's your name? He goes, well, I'm Jake. I'm Jake. But what's, what's, what's the, you know, there was like a bond or miss. Because they didn't know who we were. Right. So there were a lot of like. Distrustful. Distrust. No, they were testing us Definitely, too. Yeah. yeah, they were testing us too, who we were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I finally, I, I just kind of broke away from that scenario. I didn't want to be part of that. That's too stressful. It was too I could see what it was doing to the people who were already doing it. I was like, I don't want to do that for the next four or five days or however long I'm here. Yeah. So I ended up going into ceremony and praying and then helping out with the kitchen stuff where they were trying to, they asked me if I could help with the generators and pulling, getting things ready and you've got check, a handyman background to do check that. the food too. And you see if it was smelling bad or, you know, cause you know, I had to kind of like, they didn't know cause they turn off the refrigerators a certain part of the day and stuff. Well, even if people are infiltrating, they could even bring in food that had been tainted or poisoned even, you know? Yeah, you'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dogs running around. So, you know, your duties were whatever really ended up having. So I helped out in that capacity. But then eventually I just broke away from everything. Mm-hmm. I just kind of went to the main camp and helped out there and, and did some things there through praying and giving suggestions and stuff. But um, I ended up in, ending up going, you know, okay, since – this is all cool. It looks like it's handled. I need to find something to do. So during the ceremonies, I would sing the you know, Che Ye Yellow song, and they loved that kind of stuff. And I did all kinds of different little things like that, ceremonial stuff. But then eventually I just wanted to be just yourself, just, yeah, just, you know, myself. I just wanted to be a number. I didn't want to be – when I came there, I didn't tell anybody I was a shaman, I was a medicine man, I was a Nemanah. I didn't tell anybody nothing. My intentions were just to be treated and see how I get treated too. You know, as a normal Joe Schmo. Right, right. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want any entitlement. I didn't want any, any, you know, special treatment. Not that I was going to get it, but, you know, they, they, people get it because they come as, you know, representatives from different groups and stuff. But I didn't want to do that. I really wanted to humble so myself. So how were you myself. treated? Um, sometimes offstandish, you know, like, you know. If you didn't really know, unless you engage them, they weren't really willing to engage you. And these are more, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like, like I said, this wasn't fun camp. This was like, you know, this is real camp. Mm-hmm. So if I was going to meet anybody, I'm gonna, I was the one who had to open my mouth and introduce myself because a lot of people weren't really, really willing to do that. And I understand why, because of all the psychological warfare games that were being played. And uh, it's a stressful situation. You know, regardless, wrong or right, it's a stressful situation, what's going on down there. You know, this pipeline was supposed to be going through, you know, near, just outside of Bismarck. You know, if people want to know a little history about it, this pipeline was actually supposed to go outside of Bismarck. But the people who were there didn't want it in their county. And so, of course, it went through Sioux Territory, through the Treaty Territory, Fort Laramie, you know. Mm-hmm. And... um so since it's treaty land, they figured, well, it's treaty land. Doesn't no one really owns it? 
you know, it's kind of managed by the Bureau of... Uh, it's a gray in, area. It's a gray area, yes. Yeah. That's that's the best word I've heard. Hmm. So that really pissed people off. How can, You know, who signed off on this? What's going to happen is when they find this paper, they're going to find out that a lot of their leadership signed off on this. Yeah. Okay, so that's... That's that's going to be a problem for the leadership. That's going to be their issue or whoever whoever is in the native community, whoever signed off on this or whoever own whoever thinks they own these lands. Mm-hmm. But it butts right up next to the the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation. And so the when you see the pictures of Standing Rock, it's not necessarily on the treaty land. Okay, but it it runs along the 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 pipeline runs through the territory. Okay, and through that territory, what's happening? There's a portion of it that sits in the treaty land, and so the treaty lands—they're not supposed to be there. I guess they were in the north camp, mm-hmm. which they were pushed off. The ones that you saw on all the videos, where they were actually blocking and not letting the dogs and everything. Yeah. yeah. So they got all that stuff got bulldozed over and, and trampled on. Okay. Is that where they uncovered the bones in the? No, no, that's no. somewhere else. Okay. And I'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. That becomes the new front line. Mm-hmm. And so pipe is already dug under the river, like it's already sitting there, but it can't go any further just because of all the people interfering and, you know, and protesting and pushing and, you know, mandating that it not be done. They don't, they don't want this pipeline at all. It's not even negotiable to move it a hundred miles the other direction. You know, that's, that's what people don't quite understand that they don't want it, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't want it to even exist. You know, I don't know if, if it would have been a different story if it was near Bismarck. I'm not sure. It might be a different story because it's not in their area. But this pipeline, in order to move, is is you can't move this anymore. You know, it's buried. Yeah. I mean, it's like costing millions and millions of dollars to whoever's invested in this. Right. They'd have to abandon it. Yeah, yeah. Just have to call, you know, say, hey, it's done. We can't do anything. Mm-hmm. But these people are willing to stay there until it's, you know, it, does, it doesn't move. They'll live there forever. Now, the government is playing a lot of psychological warfare with people, you know, creating distrust, flying drones all night long. They have this unmanned, uh, like, plane drone, and it just flies, and it's, just, and it's really loud, and it just keeps going around and around and around, this, this pattern that it has. Mm-hmm. And then at night, it flies lower, so it's louder. Sleep deprivation. Yeah, sleep deprivation. And then in the morning, they, they fire this sonic cannon, the sound, the, you know, the... The screeching sound is like, Wah! it's like you can hear it and it's like penetrates your ear and goes into your inner ear and it makes you really sick. You know, it makes you want to throw up. Wow. And this is, and I'm like two to three miles away from it. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. That's how piercing that sound is. And then the lights being on in the background, just on you, you know, it just little annoyances like that and become very big, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then on top of, you know, the elements, you know, you have a hot days in the day and then. <laughs> Nights are butt cold, right. you know, right. <laughs> and it's not even winter yet. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, you know, and they jam your phones like from nine to nine, you know, there's no phone service. And if you don't have Verizon and they have a special uh, scrambling box that blocks the signal, you know, you're not going to get a signal. That's why they, all your friends who are there, people who are trying to get, you're trying to get in contact and they're trying to contact you and they can't. It's because they they can't use their phones. They can't use their service mm-hmm. very sparsely, mm-hmm. very sparsely. Now, is this the, the pipeline company doing this, or is it in conjunction with government forces? I think it's in conjunction. <clears throat> it's in conjunction. 
Mm-hmm. You know, this reminds me of that movie with RoboCop. You know how they have that security company yeah. that you know patrols in the street. It's kind of like kind of reminds me of that scenario. It's private, but it's militarized. Yeah, it's private, and militarized. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. how it feels. Because mm-hmm. you don't know, up on the ridge, you have a, a big uh, display of force on the ridge, up on the ridges. Yeah, black uniforms standing shoulder to shoulder. Yep. Yeah. Now the land that you were talking about, the little where the bones were, that's called on, that's Turtle Mountain, I think, or Turtle Hill. I'm not sure which one that was. But on that particular grounds, there's bones of uh, infants, like 11 infants that were born, buried there. Mm-hmm. And some elders and some pipes, sacred pipes were buried there. And they uh, they just romped through all that. You know, I guess they dug it all up and tore it all up. And uh, that's why people are really, that's why they're standing on that little that little strip of water land to the water. Yeah. Do you see? Yeah. Cause they want to go and reclaim it and get them back. And they won't let them. People have been maced and shot with rubber bullets and all kinds of crazy stuff. Wow. I actually had a sniper, uh, laser pointer on my chest. You know, several of us did. We didn't mm-hmm. realize someone go, oh, look, you know, I was eating crackers and I looked down and I'm like, Oh my God. Wow. So it's, it's almost a war zone. Yeah, I mean, it is a war it zone. It could be a war zone yeah. very easily. Yeah. And it's going to get worse mm-hmm. before it gets better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that all was happening in the, 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 the two days I was there. Then on, the I think, the third day, was it third or fourth day, uh, the clergy showed up, and there was no drones. There was no police on the hills, no no nothing. Then an occasional drone would fly in, an occasional helicopter fly in. But there was none of that... The lights were still on, but there was no horn, no screeching above that sound in the morning. Yeah. So they, they're kind of making a, a show of, oh, it's not so bad there. Yeah. They had one UN oh, guy show up, you know, one. I mean, one. And Amnesty International was there because people had been arrested, been put in dog kennels. Mm-hmm. And then LaDonna's daughter was, you know, stripped naked and put in jail. I mean, do you really have to do that? I mean, that that's that's disheartening. It's intimidation for sure. And, uh, you know, it's hard to believe when you're describing this that this is the United States of America where, you know, people are supposed to have rights to assemble and protest. And it sounds like those rights are just dependent upon whether you're standing in the way of of the machine, (laughs) the corporate machine or not. Yeah. According to one lady who did research and and dug up a treaty, went to Washington, got a treaty, says that the United States has been bankrupt since 1939. So anytime a corporation goes bankrupt, they lose all their privileges and rights to their treaty work. So the lands that are actually under treaty um, jurisdictions by the Bureau of Indian Affairs actually revert back to the Native Americans. Mm-hmm. That's the battle. That's the fight. Is she people, fighting that in court then? Is she it's going to go to court. Okay. And so that's a battle people that aren't aware of either that's happening. And, um, you know, there's a lot of misinformation on the Internet, too, so you got to be careful what you're reading, too. There's a lot of stuff that people are posting. These are the facts. There's a thing called these are the facts. Be careful with the guys who are posting these are the facts because a lot of those guys are from Dapple. Mm-hmm. A lot of those guys are from the corporation, and they're trying to make it look like they're a bunch of ignorant Indians, basically. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But these people don't want that water contaminated. And, you know, to say once that fracking's done, those pipes rust. And it could be 100 years from now, 200 years from now, but they're going to rust. They're gonna, and they're going to leak. Mm-hmm. They leak already. They explode sometimes, and well, I know it's. Seen that. Yeah. We know it's fracking. We know it's fracking, uh, 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 petroleum that's going through that we get that. So once the fracking's done, those pipes are abandoned. Mm-hmm. They're done. No one uses them again. 
Mm-hmm. So you know what happens when your pipes rust in your house and, you know, they leak. Yeah. You know, you don't take care of it, mm-hmm. especially in sub-zero weathers and stuff that. Yeah, with the extremes. Extreme colds and temperatures. You know, so you know, when I watch these fact-stating signs, you know, they act like, oh, no, that's on, that's not true. You know, it's true. You know, I don't care. You know, I'm not a certified plumber, but I've done plumbing. Mm-hmm. And I know with extreme temperatures, things buckle and bend and bow, you know, and they, and they you know, whatever. They go through their change. Right. And then Mother Nature, you know. She does her, you know, stuff too. Mm-hmm. And then you have terrorism too. You have things that blow up insurance. Right. You know, who's to say these guys won't blow it up later for insurance reasons? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we we watched Alaska. We've seen what happened in Alaska. Right. You know, they say well there was a spill <coughs> after it was out of the pipe and it was sort of ran aground on a, a reef or something. But there were minor spills too along the way too. And that that pipe was engineered to the max yeah. because of those extremes. And they still had explosions at a pump station. They still had leakage. You know, a pipe. If something's going to happen, it's gonna it's gonna happen. You know, because it's not natural to put that pipe in the ground. Mm-hmm. It's not a natural occurrence mm-hmm. for it to live like that mm-hmm. and to exist like that. And that's why they call it the black snake. Right. right. You know, that's that's a prophecy of the black snake. That that that's something that's been around native culture for a long time. I think I had a vision of it. I didn't even know it was the black snake. You know, vision. I don't know how to in the sweat lodge. Someone. A couple of Native American friends reminded me about that. Remember that vision you had in the sweat lodge? You talking? I said, "Yeah." Now that you mentioned, I I just totally forgotten. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't correlate the two. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. So uh, while the clergy were there, I understand that uh, that you uh, you said something to them. <laughs> yeah, I'll start in the beginning with that okay. one. How's that? So I'll lead up to where I want to go. Sure. Um. So we were preparing for the front line. My friends were like so excited to go to the front line to help out however they can. But, you know, the information doesn't travel very well in these camps. So you don't know from one day to the next what's going to happen. But usually they gather around 6 a.m. But, of course, I'm a panda and I'm cold and I don't like getting up that early. I was like, you guys go ahead. I'll catch up with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they had been up since 6 and they're going through their routines or whatever. And they're exhausted. My friends are exhausted because they get up so early and have to go through the day. But my one friend ended up running, meeting a, a, a medicine man in the, on the path across the thing. And he goes, well, will you teach me? He goes, well, usually we don't teach, but we're not. But when people ask us to teach, we have to teach them. So it's kind of like the, the contradiction <laughs> yeah. of sorts. And so, you know, he taught him about pollen and some things. And so it was one of his aha moments for him. And then Paula, I don't know what she was doing that day, but I ended up taking my trip. I started walking, and everybody's like, oh, you get around real quick. And I'm like, I just just started. (laughs) I'm not sure what you're seeing or who you've seen, you know, or who you think I am. So it was kind of those magical moments, too. You're like, how would you get here so fast? Everybody's like saying just little things like that. I was like, (laughs) I haven't been here. (laughs) And, you know, so I finally get to to, uh, Standing Rock which is a huge area, you know, full of people. And so I go to the Sacred Fire where I had been going a lot with my friend Alex and Paula and uh, learning their customs. The natives were teaching our customs. I got to talk, too. I forgot to tell you that. I got to talk to the whole group the first day we arrived, too. I got to share our story about the little man and the car and stuff. Oh, okay. So I actually got this. Everybody could hear it in the whole campment. And um, they go back to going to the Sacred Fire uh, I remember going there and they asked me to help them because I was doing things the way they liked. And they asked Alex too to help. And so Alex and I were to keep people from 
desecrating the sacred fire. And um, I remember this girl goes, oh, can I stand up here? And I just, and I, I was, usually I would say just no and just leave it at that. But mm-hmm. I said, uh, would you like, do you stand up on your pews at your church? And she's like, no. Well, I just, I'm like, she's trying to give me an excuse. I said, well, then there's your answer. I said, mm-hmm. you know, you know, stand up on a, on someone's church pew. You know, this is equivalent to our church pew. Right. And then there was several ministers and stuff. They wanted to burn like these love letter notes, these thingies in the sacred fire. Mm-hmm. And the firekeeper said, absolutely not. He says, if you want to burn your little love notes or your prayer notes, to God, yeah. you create your own little fire someplace else down mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. This is our traditions. We want you to honor and respect our traditions. It, it was so amazing. And I can understand, excuse me, why some of these people are so upset with a lot of people in their ways with Christianity and with, you know, Western, ways. Western religions yeah. and stuff, mm-hmm. just the lack of disrespect for other people's ways. And, you know, some people was like, you know, there you go again. You know, they're, they're, one guy, some natives were just like, there you go again, you know, mm-hmm. trying to dictate to us, you know, your ways and we didn't ask for it. Right. You that's, know? that's important to understand that you're there in their house. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you know you, Come in with an idea of you know we're gonna we're gonna do this and we're gonna have this over here you know no you need to go in and ask permission you need mm-hmm. to go in with humble and with respect and and just learn just keep your eyes open and your mouth shut for a while mm-hmm. and just just learn it you know absolutely yeah. and so our job was just make sure that people didn't do things inappropriately to the fire and it, it <clears throat> I was kind of uh, I was kind of I don't know I guess the best I was just kind of grossed out. I was not that these people don't do good work and their their intentions are pure to you know share the word of God, but you know with their little collars on their neck and their little you know colored robes. I mean, not that the natives don't do that, but but just it just seemed phony. It, to you? it turned me off a yeah. little bit. You know, I'm not I'm I'm a Christian man. You know, I believe in God and stuff, but um, it was just one of those things where you're going. It made you think about. Maybe how the when the first Catholics came to the lands and just looked over, looked above, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the natives and how they were, you know, there was a there was an unspoken tension in my feeling, you know, between the indigenous people, some indigenous, not all of them, some of them, and some of the clergy. The clergy were they were excited to be there and do their part. I give them that, but it was just really weird and odd. It was an odd feeling for me to see that to just. It almost like, I don't know, it's just kind of gross. Yeah. I don't know why I'm saying that, but that's just how I felt. Right. I, I felt that way because just the way they were just disrespecting the sacred fire and the, and they wanted to just do whatever they wanted to it. Like, it was like a campfire. Oh, yeah, it's a campfire. You know, like, it, that's not the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. The purpose of it is to, you know, go in, grab the tobacco, left hand, put it in your heart, pray, put the tobacco on there, and then go around in a clockwise manner. You know, I had to correct a lot of people prior, a few days prior to, but just in this particular moment. And, um, and then they started their March, you know, mm-hmm. they started walking and I thought we were going to go to the, to the water post. This is another thing where you don't know what's going on sometimes, but we ended up going to the bridge. We marched out of the gates into the bridge. And then there, there was a, like a stage prepared and ready to go. And, um, yeah, I thought, yeah, you know, typical, typical church stuff, you know, typical Christianity, Catholic, you know, yeah. you know, everybody, you know, 
Huh? Not the show. Get up on the pulpit. Get up on the pulpit, holding their signs, love, peace, blah blah blah. And I'm sure they got some exposure for that, and and hopefully it helps a little bit. But it just still didn't feel right. It didn't. Something didn't feel right to me. It's just like I've seen this before. It's like I've seen this before. It was like uh, I was having a, a last past life regression in the moment, you know, where I was living a past life and saw how they treated, you know, the indigenous, how they treated ancestors of mine. It was really strange, David and Adrian, how that how that was playing out in my in my body, because the night before I actually had uh, an encounter with one of the elders, which he was talking about how he wanted he we, he needed to see white faces on the front line and black faces and Asian faces, and he was condemning us, kind of chastising us because we weren't in the front lines, and you know why we all need to be there, blah blah blah, and this and that, you know, and then. You know, I don't know why you guys weren't on the direct front line and you guys were on the side. And, and that's when I got mad. And I said, with, with due, due respect, brother, I said, you know, we were on the front lines. He goes, oh, I know. I'm just talking to the new people. I said, the new people haven't even been on the front line. I said, I said but being respectful, I said, we were led to go this way. You know, if you wanted us to go this way, then you should have, someone should have told us that we had to go that way. Mm-hmm. All the way around or whatever. But you know what? We were already so rushed to go. You know, there's really no, con- there's no leadership. I said that. So that pissed him off. But mm-hmm. I said, there's really no, con- who- I don't know. We don't know who's the leadership here. He said, you're being disrespectful to me. I said, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just telling you, we have been on the front line. And I was getting a little hot. So I calmed yeah, down. Yeah. But, you know, maybe it was not right of me to do that. But, but at the same token, I wasn't going to sit there and watch all these young people, impressionable young people be put on a front line without because that camp was supposed to be about sacredness and and respect see this is the things that you happen you have kind of militant people who really want people on the front line then you have other people who want to hold space you have other groups of people who want you to hold space right so this was an opportunity to open my mouth i guess because i had been silent for most of the time and so it opened the door for other people to respectfully (laughs) Mm -hmm. say hey excuse me may i speak and he wouldn't at first, and then some of the elder elders were like, hey, let him speak, you know, you you speaking all the time, you know. So they finally, people got to share. This one lady talked, this one young girl, she's probably in her 20s. She said she comes from privilege. She's a very wealthy family. And she said, you know, when, when I was on the front lines, they were spraying the natives, and they wouldn't spray me. They were almost like like making fun of her in a sense, you know, like. No, you're white. So you're white. Yeah, 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 you know. So she actually jumped in front and got maced and sprayed. They actually grabbed her for doing that. And they arrested her. She has a felony charge, uh, uh, charges pending on her. But, you know, she, those are the kind of things that you hear. And then you heard other stories, too, people talking. So that takes me back to the bridge now. Mm-hmm. Because right. some of that message that he said stuck to my in my mind in the back that I wasn't aware of. And so I'm on the bridge, and I'm letting them set up their kumbaya session, like I call it. Yeah. And I'm filming, and I'm walking with the elders and the groups and the and – the, uh, the security that is there and I didn't realize I was like passing checkpoints and I'm filming like I was there and someone goes hey do you know that guy I said yeah I know that guy just I just naturally mm-hmm. like, oh okay yeah and so I, was like, <laughs> I got past the checkpoint and I just kept filming and I was filming the you know the scene that had happened last yeah. the week before and with the, with the burning cars yes with the burning yeah. cars and then finally there was a point where everybody just kind of stopped because there was one guy who was in charge kind of and everybody kind of respected that guy so i stopped too i didn't push my luck and i'm filming and you know looking and you know we're talking and 
you know, I was just like, I was part of the group. Yeah, it's yeah. just kind of funny how it plays out sometimes over there. Well, you were a minister too, so yeah. yeah. Well, no, this wasn't the ministers. These was oh. these were these were the natives of uh, um, the native peoples. Oh, okay. The, the indigenous uh, leadership. I'm amongst this leadership, and <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of and, you know, Paul and 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 Alex were watching from afar, and they're just like, "What's up there?" He goes, "How'd you get over there?" You know, <laughs> they wouldn't let me through. I said, "I don't know. I just act like I belong here," you know. Uh-huh. And so I walked in there, and then I finally went back. And as they're talking, and then the the elders came with their eagle staff, kind of like the one that Philip has. That you know you've seen that one before. Yes, yes. Yeah. So they came in. These guys were really tall, really big men. Like really, I've never seen men this tall. They just looked like they were very the giants that we talk about sometimes on the show. Mm-hmm. That's what it reminded me of. And so um, they marched to the front, and they're meeting, and then. A red, a black cloud actually marched past to everyone's like, who's that guy? You know, they were like, is he allowed to be here? You know, so there was kind of a confusion. He's the guy I had to spat with. Yeah. It was dark, so he never knew who he talked to. So that's something I want to make clear to everybody. So he never saw my face. He just heard my right. voice. Right. But I could hear him like trying to figure out voices in the in the camp to see yeah. if he could find. But he went <laughs> to the front. And the reason he was there is he wanted to see whatever was going on. So he has a felony charge. If he gets arrested again. And he, he said he would be in jail for 80 years or more. Wow. That's how mm. things are crazy down there. But as we're going and I'm sitting there and I'm watching from, I'm watching this group here and then the clergy's on the other side, right in front of the bridge. There's like a, they made like a U, like a, like a half circle, semicircle. And of course that's pretty, that's beautiful. But then I saw other clergy was kind of separated from them. And they were like on the bridge with us watching and looking and that's kind of when I said, hey, you know, they really need to see your white and black faces and Asian faces. There was like an Asian guy and a black yeah. lady and this two female ministers. And they're like, what do you mean? It says, well, I said, you know, it's it's it, everybody thinks it's an Indian thing, but it's not an Indian thing. It's it's a human thing. You know, these are all the things I was taught, you know, being just in the last few days I was there. Yeah. This is, a, you know, this is about everybody. You know, the water gets contaminated, blah, blah, blah. And I can see the little black lady goes, yeah, you're right. And so she starts marching towards the front, you uh-huh. know, thing. and then the other girl's like, should we go? And then one of the guys who's in charge of all the ministers, and he turns around and he's like, what are you doing? He says, you can't go over there. And he starts chastising them. And I'm going, and I go, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. He says, and then he jumps off the thing. He goes, hey, you guys all signed this paper saying that you, you know, it's like a contract of sorts. You can't go there. And you're not going to be involved in that. You're going to blah, 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 whatever they sign. I don't know what they sign. And that's what I got pissed off. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I go, hey, I said, these people have free will. They can do whatever the fuck they want. I said, just like that. You know, who are you? Well, they have a contract. and They can't. We told them we were going to stand together and unify, blah, blah, blah. I said, I said, you want to make a difference. And you take all these people and you put them in the front. Right. So they can they can see their faces. You know, and I just got really agitated, and the natives were like, yeah, yeah, So the crowd started getting, like, getting – they were trying to show peace, okay? Yeah. And I'm here agitating, and not on purpose, but just like – but I was getting fed up, you know, with what I was watching here, all this show, mm-hmm. you know, and these people are, like, suffering. Because once they leave, these people are still there and suffering. Oh, yeah. You know, so to me, it was like – it was a no-brainer just, you know. And they were like – security came, and they are like, Who's starting it? Who's starting it? Who's uh, inciting a riot? And then all the natives are like, oh, he went that way. <laughs> Just like that. He went yeah. that way. Yeah. And they came and they looked at me and they're like, 
where'd he go? I said, he went that way. That's what they said. I saw him go that way. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they protected me, David. They they stood up for me. They 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 knew what I said. They heard that message. They, that message has probably been circulating in their circles. And, you know, and I told the ministers, I said, you know what? You you have Jesus would have never stood up there and just sung songs. Jesus would have went over there and destroyed the the, the temple, you know, right. where they were selling all the things and that. Mm-hmm. And that's when things shifted. Yeah. Wow. And that's when a lot of people went over and they talked. They stood with, I talked yeah. to the priest. The priest even left that circle and came. And I said, you know, you guys need to really be up there. You need to, like, present, you know, and mm-hmm. show that you care. I mean, think of all the things you've done to these people in just the name of God. You know, I was talking like that. Mm-hmm. And um, so he mauled it, thought about it. It wasn't like a quick response. Right. And he talked to his buddies, and he's like, should I go up? You could tell, like, they're like pondering, you know. Right. And eventually he he did. He just he went up there, and then the next guy went, the next priest. So the slow transition. Slow, over yes. Yeah. And then I was like, but we need more. I said, we need more. So I started talking to all the, you know, the straggler, straggler, straggler uh, ministers and pastors or whatever you want to call yeah. them. I said, I said, Hey, what church are you from there? So I'm from the Methodist. I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. So you, you know, the Catholic church up there, right? I said, you guys going to go up there and represent <laughs> too, right? You're going to be up there too. You don't want to be left out. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're like, and you know how that pride kind of fits sure. in and they're like, yeah. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go up there. Yeah, you're right. I need to say, well, yeah, you need to, you need to represent your your denomination too, because you know, you don't want the Catholics to take all the credit for everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just kind of like, it was just funny that I was just like, man, yeah. and you know, I was thinking about Adriana's book, you know, the one she's talking about, the devil and all that, mm-hmm. and the tempting, and you know, I was like, am I tempting these guys to do something wrong? I mean, I'm right? You know, how does this work? <laughs> That crossed my mind for a second, you know. Uh-huh. I was like, "No, it's not. This is just free will, you know. I mean, you know, this is about making the right choices for yourself." Mm-hmm. And you know, that guy, he knew. Even when he saw me after, he just did not want to even talk to me. The contract guy. The contract. Yeah. The contract guy. Yeah. He's like, and he was also in a ribbon shirt, like a Native American ribbon shirt. And I was like, I can't believe you're wearing a Native American ribbon shirt, and you and you were even saying that. Yeah. And then after everything was complete, like everything finished. Mm-hmm. They prayed and stuff one more, and then every, a lot of people came up to me and they were like shaking my hands and like we remember you, we thank you, mm-hmm. and you know I was looking for accolades, right? You know, but you know it was just it was it was a good feeling to know that I had to say something, and then you know spirit led me that moment, mm-hmm. and to you know it was just powerful, and I was burning my sage just sitting there like a little Buddha just sitting there, and people were coming up and wanted to be smudged. I was doing that too. Yeah. After it was over, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just in a weird. I was in a weird place. I was in a, not a weird place. I was just in a different zone, mm-hmm. like a whole. Yeah, I don't know. I was Time, timeless, almost like it yeah, was, yeah. It's like time didn't exist there. Mm-hmm. That's that's the best way to describe everything there. That there is no time. Yeah. You only have sun sunrise and sunset, mm-hmm. and then you kind of know what kind of time it is during the day. Mm-hmm. I don't remember looking at my watch much barely use my phone because the battery just died too fast but it timeless like it's almost like the time just stopped there and you could you could feel what it what it must have been like for people 200 years ago well, yeah you know, and that's kind of how it's yeah. what it felt like it yeah. felt like it just it felt like i was back in time with indigenous people living off the land mm-hmm. even if it was for like the, the four days i was there 
But it was intense. It was beautiful. It was a much deeper experience than it was really deep. four days. Yeah. yeah. So you talk about your battery being drained. Um, was there a station where they were powering up? Yeah. Yeah. They had. They call it Facebook Hill, <laughs> which was. I don't know why they call it that. I think they just call it Facebook Hill because people were on their Facebook. Yeah. But they had like these power stations. I guess Mark Garifalo, whatever his name is, he had donated a whole bunch of. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the star. Yeah, yeah. he donated a bunch of uh, solar panels and some other people donated anonymous donators, donated $2.5 million to help legal costs for people who were arrested. I actually had a telephone number on my arm written. I don't know if you saw that picture. Yeah, I did. That was a number I was supposed to call if I got arrested. So legal, my legal. I would have legal counsel supporting me for free and get me out of jail. Mm-hmm. So that didn't come to that point. I ended up finding a magazine, like a, uh, uh, it wasn't lead, but I think it was a magazine round. Mm-hmm. Some lady had carried or she may have kicked it. I'm not sure, but <coughs> it fell and I grabbed it and picked it up. I'm like, Oh my God, this has been shot. This is like a, a round wow. shot. Where was that at? Just on the bridge. So she must've picked it up further ahead or kicked it, but it came to me. So I yeah. turned around, was gonna like maybe she heard it falling, but I said, "What's mine? I'm putting my pocket." Yeah, yeah, <coughs> yeah. So, so the so bullets had been fired there. I don't know, but yeah. they said that magnesium rounds have been fired, so I'm not sure what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So they must be something that looks like magnesium, I guess, like like a leadish type. That's probably what I picked up. Yeah. So but, theoretically, that could have started the car fires. Yeah. Yeah. Theoretically, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then rubber bullets too, all mm-hmm. over, you know. And then there was there was actually a hat, a military man. One of the military guys lost their cap, uh, and I was gonna grab it. And I go, no, nah, I'm gonna leave it there. I'm gonna leave it there. I'll take a picture of it. See it. Yeah. yeah, you know, mm-hmm. because it, it represents something mm-hmm. too. Right. But uh, it was a war zone on that bridge. It looked like just someone just came in and just messed. You know, it was just crazy. Wow. Wow. And then the Navy man showed up with the flag upside down. There was oh, a on his RV? No, it just oh. marched in. Okay. He was holding the flag, and he came in. He went up to the elders and st- stood with them. And, you know, that's court-martial. If, you know, if anything, if he gets – if he leaves the reservation or whatever, you know. What, you know but he, he was a Navy a man holding the flag upside down mm-hmm. and marching and supporting the natives. It's, I guess two officers – also drew their took their badges and turned them in the time we were down there. I didn't hear about this until I got two back. Two police officers? Yeah, I think two sheriffs, two sheriff officers. Wow. They just saw I, what was I going on. They didn't... A, um, sorry, I watched an interview mm-hmm. right before we come on, on uh, the air tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's um, TTL Politics, I think. Myron Dewey had shared it a couple hours ago. Where they interviewed that serviceman. He's a uh, he was in the service for 20 years in the Navy, and he. Um, I would advise anybody. I'll, I'll uh, go back and find that link and I'll post it to watch okay. that interview with him and what he says about the Constitution and and what he personally saw and experienced and why he put the the flag upside down because he said. Uh, he just went behind, you know, all of his backing from being in the military, what he learned about defending the the oath, the Constitution, to defend it and the people. And um, it's a great interview. 
I had had not saw that until right about thirty minutes before we went on the air. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'll post that. Every everybody should watch and listen to what he says because this is coming from a, a serviceman who has served for twenty years, and uh, it's really uh, you can take it to heart. I mean, he, he's uh, it, it was really just very touching. I was I was proud knowing Good. that at least one man did that and said that that did awesome. represent our you know this country. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, it's 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 not Woodstock. I'll say that right now. It's mm-hmm. not uh it's not if you think you're going to go there and just have fun you can have fun, but it's not going to be the fun you think you're going to have. It's not, it's not, that's not why you go there. Right. That's, you don't go there to entertain yourself. You go there to help, uh, meditate, pray, whatever you're going to do, mm-hmm. uh, stand the front lines, help in the kitchen, feed people, eat the food that's made. Cause there's tons of food going to waste because there's just not enough uh, people down there. Mm-hmm. So there's, they need a lot of supplies down there for the winter. Winter's coming and a lot of canned goods need to be delivered. A lot of help if you're you can help build things. They need people who can build things. Um, the biggest thing they need blankets and different things like that because there's a lot of people who go there and they're not prepared to go there. I was I'm one of those people. I was somewhat prepared but not prepared. I didn't right. know what I was getting into. So you need to really know what you're going. And you, the women have to wear skirts when they're there when they're going into ceremony if they're going to go to front line. They um, any other time you can wear your your jeans or whatever. But when you when you're going to be involved in any type of helping you know the, the native way you need to have a, a skirt that was made that was made very clear to the women mm-hmm. that you know you're not just going to walk around however you want to walk around that's just that's just their culture sure so mm-hmm. you know you can't throw the uh well, I'm not gonna do, you, know, you can't you can't do that mm-hmm. you know you're you're on you're another you're in another country per se you know you're you're someplace else right you know be an ambassador and learn the ways you know, you don't have to be, you know, a person who doesn't want to hear. It's like going to some another country and doing whatever you want to do. You can't. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you're not just you're not just there to take selfies and say you were there at the, at the right. standing rock. I mean, people do that, and I've done. That. I did that, but that's because you know it's history. Yeah. But you're not there to document. Just look at me. Well, I'm in the front line. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you go to the front line, you struggle, and you fight, and you stand, or you just stay silent. You don't say anything. You you do something. Mm-hmm. Someone gets hurt, you help pull them out. Whatever, right? You know. How often in a day did would, were advances made? I mean, well, does it kind of de- depend? It really depends because mm-hmm. I think what's happening now is some somebody is helping them strategically plan things now. Someone's come in there because in the past it was just kind of random. Like, yeah. oh, if they get pissed off, they just randomly go. Yeah. I think there there are people who are actually teaching them how to protest, how to march and how to lock arms we had a class a preparation class i forget the name they used but but where we actually prepared we we create like lines and and and, and formations and stuff i mm-hmm. got to be on that group too mm-hmm. so i had to be like the team captain to like make these formations i we couldn't make the same formation that the other group we made so if they had locked arms we had to like uh do something else right you know, we had to stagger or whatever. And if they were on the ground, we lay on the back. And we had to do the opposite or something that's similar. So almost your almost your coaching abilities came into <laughs> came into play there a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was pretty cool though. Yeah. 
you know, but I heard some crazy stories, you know, like some people are just well known for their disruption mm-hmm. and their fight for humanity, for human rights. One lady, one girl from Chicago, she's like, oh, when I go to Chicago and the police see me, they just cringe, you know, because they, they make these things called, uh, I think they're called uh, lockers or something like that, where they're actually a two by 26 inches full of concrete in the middle and they have like these little latches inside and then you actually put your arm in them inside the tubes and you lock yourself arm to arm and then they have to cut through this uh-huh. and they have to break that's the only way they can break the line or they uh-huh. can actually pick up the whole line and people's arms get broken and stuff and she's saying she her job is to figure out how many tools they have how many trucks and what kind of tools they have and what kind of lock boxes they're going to use for these protests so it's pretty it's yeah. it's, it's like a science Right. I was like, because I learned a lot going, man, I'm on like on the other side of every, uh, of all the things that, you know, I look at on TV. You know, I'm here going, wow, this is pretty amazing. This is mm-hmm. pretty, it's scary too. Because you know, if you're the guy on the outside, you're the first one to get dung up, dung, dinged up pretty bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But there's strength and unity too. With yeah. Standing together. And that's the point. That's, I guess that's the whole point of strength and unity that mm-hmm. people working together on a, for a cause. And, I think it's going to play out for a long time. Right. I don't think it's going to be one of those things. What I don't hope, what I hope doesn't happen because something happened just, uh, I think somebody, was it you, Adriana, who posted that picture where the guy came with a rifle with the AK-47? I posted that, that interview. Yeah. It, that's yeah. actually a really good interview to listen to. That's from the same company that did the one with the surface man I'm talking about. Yeah, so they, this guy came... Was he a dapple? He was a dapple. He was a dapple. No, he was a dapple. He was just yeah. dapple, dapple. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's supposed to come in with firearms or anything. This guy was trying to incite, you know, some serious harm. Right. And he, they let him go. Mm-hmm. No charges? Yeah, no, charges. no charges or anything. They said no. that he was attacked and his hand was hurt. Yeah, but they, just and a, that video proves that he wasn't. So. Yeah. They show a video of him and the the actual attack itself, where he has that rifle in his hands, and you know there aren't any wounds in his hands or anything. That's another good one to watch. So. Well, you know, it, there are factions on either side that want to see this go all the way. They want to see sure. something happen. You know, you mm-hmm. said that there were hardcore Native Americans who said that we're tired of all this peaceful stuff. We we're ready to fight and we're ready to die for this. Uh, you're right. Yeah, that was made very clear to me. Mm-hmm. That there are people who think the way things are going right now are, is um, should be sped up, ineffective, ineffective, yeah. not mm-hmm. not not playing out to the favor. Mm-hmm. And then you got the some of the police and some of the other officers who are just are ready and waiting to just use all of their tactics and all of their weaponry. You know, yeah. so those two touch points, you know, it's the people in the middle that kind of keep those away from sparking something, but the potential is always there. Well, like I told Adriana, I said, what I don't want to see happen is like another Kent State type mm-hmm. thing. Cause it takes one person to have an itchy finger and just release mm-hmm. a round. And there's snipers up there, man. With um, live rounds? With live rounds. You know, they're not, there's no rubber bullets there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's serious business. And, you know, you have these people who have no weapons, or at least they say they don't. Mm-hmm. I would have to say they don't, but, you know. <laughs> they could probably get someone if they yeah, wanted to. They, they might have stuff buried. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. I, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm saying that is. But um, I tell you, if someone does get shot, it's not going to be pretty. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's going to get really – it'll get ugly really fast. Mm-hmm. These people are very passionate about what they're doing. It's This is no joke. This is no – 
this is no, um, you know, day at the fair. You know, they look at the guy next to you. They look at me and people like myself and are like, you going to be with us or against us? Because, you know, if you're against us, you might as well just leave. You know, we don't want to hear anything about what you want to say about the pipeline. You know, how, if it's good, blah, 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 you can coexist with it. There's no way coexisting with the black snake. There is just no, that's not a, that's not an option. Mm-hmm. You know, they know that it could happen, but you know what? They're going to sit there until they're a hundred and that pipeline ain't going to move. Mm-hmm. That's what they were willing to do. Right. And then on the other side, you've got the people who are pushing and pushing and pushing all every day. That pipeline's got to get completed. We're losing money. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's of course that's happening. Yeah. But you know but, what? But they, in between there, you've got people from all over the world just in this past week have been holding protests all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, how long can our uh, White House not hold a press conference of some sort and address this situation when the whole world's starting to get involved? Absolutely. I mean, it's just you know that's what that's what I'm ashamed of is that you don't get a response other than we're going to wait and see how it plays out. Oh my you god! Know? I and can't and you in said the that. meantime, you know, um, from what I've read from some other things that I've seen, is you know he signed off on two other pipeline deals somewhere yeah. else. So. Uh, and then another good one that I saw was when, you know, two two years ago, I think it was, back in maybe 2014, where uh, he was promising all the Native American, you know, people what he was going to stand by and do for them and their treaties and everything else. And he hasn't done squat. And I have so, I've heard, seen so many people in their posts say, uh, well, what you don't understand is that he can't. Well, give me a freaking break, people. Yes, he can. He, he didn't can. get in that office. You know, he didn't get in that office because he couldn't do things. So give me a break. <laughs> Where's mm-hmm. the Department, you know, of Defense on this one? Uh, since there's uh, all kinds of uh, FCC, and, you know, with the drones and the stingrays and stuff and violations there and the and the human rights violations, where's all the head of those departments up there in that big house on our hill coming Mm -hmm. to to do anything? And like I pointed out last night and on my post earlier today, where's ABC, CBS, NBC hiding down in the hole with Fox? They aren't reporting Mm -hmm. squats. Our media, uh, you know, has also got their little fingers in the pile. Mm-hmm. They get disgusting. told what to do too. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, you know, you know, Obama can pardon the worst criminals. You know, suggest this and that. Oh, and hey, he can, he can put how what one point five billion dollars in cash on an airplane and, yeah. and send it. Yeah, send it where? Why don't to you Iraq. put one point five billion dollars to Standing Rock then, Obama? <laughs> That's what I'd like to add. Absolutely, yeah. Let's let's have military tanks roll up on their side for a change. You know why can't he be the president? And say, you know what? I'm going to make a difference in in indigenous life. Mm-hmm. The pipeline doesn't well, go any did. further. That's my point. He said that two years ago. There's a good ad out there right now where they they're showing exactly what he promised when he stood up with the chiefs of the tribe 
two, it's either two or three years ago, and everything he promised him then. And he hasn't mm-hmm. done any of that. And, and you know, you know what? Be- it it doesn't matter because as of tomorrow, he's out of there. And that's why he really don't give a flying rat's ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll wait and see how it plays out. Yeah, we'll wait and see until after I'm out of office. I mean, these these are people's lives, man. Yeah. Wait to play. Have you watched what's been playing out? Yeah. What more do you want to play out? Are you going to wait till somebody gets killed? Mm-hmm. There's an 11 year old mm-hmm. boy who was shot with a, a you know, high powered bean bag, and it collapsed his lungs. You know, I mean, I mean, and nobody cares. Mm-hmm. I mean, more people were more people cared about the Cubs winning the World Series and having the biggest, the third largest um, human gathering in the in history of the world. Five million people in one okay. place for a baseball game. For a baseball game, you know, and we can't send. That service the, man brought that up in that interview. You know, that's for me. That's really disappointing. <laughs> so you know? I mean, mm-hmm. Next time, maybe they should hold the 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 World Cubs series. Their world, not the Cubs, but the Cubs celebration at Standing Rock. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. give everybody a Cub hat. You know, yeah. Well, hey, our priorities are screwed, man. Yeah, that's what it would take to get that many people there, you know, is a a sports you know, party. The thing is, you know, nobody that's cares. A, a lot of people, they just don't care about it unless it's on their street affecting their lives, you know. And, and well, it's just over there. It's just a bunch of Native Americans. I was kind of like that, David. I was kind of mm-hmm. like, well, how does that affect me? How does that affect me? Mm-hmm. But you know what? It affects me tremendously. Right. I don't look at the news the same anyway. I don't look at anybody's posts the same anyway. Now that I watch, mm-hmm. when I'm on Facebook, I don't look at it the same anymore. Like I don't, I'm not so naive anymore to just say, Hey, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, like even with Hillary, with her emails, that's not the truth. You know, when the, and the FBI guy, you know, changing his mind, that's not the truth. There's more under the surface, you know, wonder what happened, mm-hmm. you know, they can't even, they won't the even help these people. Media manipulation, you know, of yeah. what you are going to see. I think everybody ought to just complain to our major uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, all of them. I think that, that, you know, a lot of complaints need to start going in there. There's a thing going around on 11-11, you know, which is uh, this Friday, I think, okay. um, to, you know, to not uh, buy any gasoline. Buy your gas the day before the day after. Don't buy a drop of it on that day. Well, maybe mm-hmm. everybody ought to turn off their news that day, too, so that ABC, yeah. CBS, and NBC, and Fox don't get their ratings. Maybe they ought mm-hmm. to do that with the media. It's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. It's a great idea. There's what. <laughs> and you know what's, so, what's, what's really sad is to come back to this world. Okay, and this is, this is probably the hardest part for me because I really wanted to stay. I really felt like my, my services were needed there. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to, you know, but I knew my friend had to get back. I knew Paula was staying and uh, I had the capacity to stay, you know, a little bit longer. And um, I was so sad. I'm kind of almost heartbroken to leave. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't finish everything that I needed to do. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, as I came back to the real, the other world, I don't want to call it the real world, mm-hmm. the other world. The official reality we have here. Um, <laughs> It was, I was when I went to the gas station that's in the reserv in the reservation next to the casino. It says uh, no no dapple uh, anti dapple gear sold here. I'm thinking, 
well, that's weird. It's because Dapple gambles at this casino. And so I'm going, so there's, there's the contradictions, you know, and all the things that you see, you know, you start to see the world again yeah. for how it really is. Right. And as you're uh, traveling down the road, you, you get, you're, you, you, the, the highway patrol from Ohio highway patrol is driving by and I just flip my finger out <laughs> just like that. I mean, what the fuck are they doing there? Yeah. You know, what, what, what business do they have in? Oh, they were there in North Dakota. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One passed me. I was put my finger out the window. I didn't care if I got pulled over. At that point, I was so angry. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably have seen that all day. Mm-hmm. And then I just, as we got closer to more concrete, and we got closer to the roads, cities, and the city, and I couldn't get on Route 94. I couldn't find it for some reason. I had my GPS was still wasn't working. I mean, I I pulled over in Arby's and asked somebody, and then my GPS started working, and then. We got on 94, and my truck light, the engine light comes on, and I'm all freaked out. You know, I'm thinking, you know, everything's just starting to get into your head a little bit. Yeah. I just prayed, just calmed down, and put more oil in my car, and everything's worked out. No, no, no car issues. But as you get to like the bigger, bigger, bigger cities like Chicago and sure. stuff like that, on ramps, on ramps, traffic. I got so violently, like violently sick. I couldn't drive. I had to tell my friend to drive. I, said, I can't drive, man. I just. I'm just like sick. I can't drive. I can't sit here and look yeah. at all this stuff. All this stuff just disgusts me. Makes me sick. I don't know how people can yeah. live in this, in this, in this, this energy, mm-hmm. in this yeah. um, concrete jungle. And you know, I, I, I was praying to get out of the city. You know, once we got out, it is so big city. And you know, I just, my whole mindset was just like, what am I going to come home to? What am I coming home to? Mm-hmm. You know. Am I coming home to what situation am I coming home to? Because my kids hadn't sent me any messages. No one really from my family talked to me. They were more concerned about me coming home. My dad was scared for my life. My mom was too, which is rightfully so. <clears throat> you know, there was no welcome meal, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. for me. And um, not that I was expecting that, but but I was just like, my mind was just like there. It's still there. Yeah. You know, I look here and I drove around today doing what I do. But it's like you're half here and half not. Yeah, I'm just half here and half not. Mm-hmm. It's like you saw how Your other people can live. Here. Yeah, you can you can see how other people yeah. can live. You can live not living like this. It's very possible, mm-hmm. very capable. I mean, you have to sacrifice a little bit and then get adjusted. But there's no cause here. You know, there's no... There's no... Here's a simulation. You work. Mm-hmm. You get up. You pay your bills, you do your stuff, mm-hmm. and you do it again. You get a little time for and you do it again. And, yep. and then Saturday, Friday and Saturday come by, and Sunday you're like, oh, I get to, you know, I get to yeah. celebrate for two days. Mm-hmm. Why can't every day be a celebration? Why can't I do that every day, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, you start to wonder, you know, you're in this system. Right. It's a machine. And, you know, just like right now, it's just like I haven't really been on technology today except just messing around. I don't even want to be on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I went to wash my truck today. You know, I went to wash my truck, clean it up, you know, in case I decide to leave next week or two weeks from now or whatever. And just have it ready to go and help people out. I don't even know what my mission is to come back here just to share my thoughts, what I, what I went through mm-hmm. and what these people went through. Maybe that's all I'm supposed to do. But it doesn't feel like it's enough. I know people want me to do rallies and, and do marches, but my mind's not there to do that right now. I'm not in that capacity to go just, I'm going to go do this. Mm-hmm. You need to process a little more, or you need to really 
be told what your next assignment yeah. is. Yeah. You know, we do drum circles or whatever, but you know, I, I'm, I don't feel like that helps here. Yeah. I don't feel that mm-hmm. if you don't feel what That's I felt, it's hard to feel it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can kind of feel it just because I'm sharing my thoughts with you. But once you go down there, you don't want to come back because you just fall in love with the land, the people. It, everything there is just, it's just so different. Mm-hmm. The, the life out there. And I know it's bitter cold. I know I probably would have a hard time, but you know what? I'm willing to take that sacrifice. Because you're part of a community that really cares. Well, we have a cause. We have a, we have, we have a cause. We have, we have a common cause. We all do. Mm-hmm. It's our survival to have clean, fresh water, you know, not to be pushed around, not to be manipulated by the system, not to just think the corporations can just do whatever the hell they want to us. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about this on the show a lot, but you know what? I got this firsthand, you know, be you, there. You were on the front lines in the trenches about that. Yeah. Yeah. You saw I, the people. You... I saw their faces. I saw the anger. I see the, the the leather in their face. I see, you know, the tears in their eyes. You know, this is not a joke. This is not. A weekend event. No, event. this is real. This is this is life altering, mind changing, psychological warfare. This is you never come back the same. You know, I'm not damaged by any means, and but I, you know what I saw, what I experienced. You know, no one should have to experience that. You know, no child who's there should have to worry about you know getting a rubber bullet shot in the freaking eye, you know, or in the chest or in the ass, whatever you know. Mm-hmm. And it's happening. Right. And people come and go, and people are there a short time. You know, they share their stories. But, you know, I'm, I'm watching Paula's post. She's building yurts and helping and marching. And, and, you know, I'm not jealous of her. I'm proud of her, you know, that she has stepped up. That she stepped out of her cave. Right. You know, she stepped out of her cave. I, I've seen such a change in her. She, her life has purpose and meaning now that it's beyond anything I've ever even probably experienced myself or seen her experience. Yeah. You know, and she's, she's happy. She's, she's exactly where she needs to be. And who knows? She may not, she may not come back. She may not. Yeah. And it's not for us to judge. Mm-hmm. Her family was really down on her for staying, but you know what? She talked to me. I said, you know, you got to do what you want. Right. Because in the end, it doesn't really matter what they want. Mm-hmm. They know what they want. Yeah. If you want what they want, then do it, do it, go back. You know, I saw a post on Facebook where a quote said, you know, the, the biggest, um, uh, the biggest cage is it, that we put ourselves in is when we're afraid of what other people think. Yeah, you know, and it's true. Uh-huh. It's true. Well, I had a little revelation. I don't know about revelation, but just kind of an uh, aha moment when I was walking my dogs today. Uh-huh. You know, and I was thinking, you know, here I usually let Bo take the lead and he'll go where he wants to go, but uh-huh. I've got an overall agenda about where I want to, you know, when I wanted this to end and how yeah. I want to get back home. And, and so, you know, I'll try to guide him. I'll, I'll let him have all the least, but then I'll pull it in a little bit and try yeah. to, and he'll put his feet down and he'll kind of resist, you know, <laughs> but I'll, I'll coax him back or, you know, get him to understand that it's not going to happen. So, and, and, and then when push comes to shove and he won't go in, anymore, I'll pick him up. I'll carry him myself, you know, and he, he fully expects that. But I thought about that's almost the way we're treated in our society. You know, we're given enough freedom to make us think we're free and we're, you know, we kind of get to right. go sort of the way we yeah. want to go, you know, but when it comes to boundaries and overall agendas, you know, that's when we're, the leash is pulled on us. That's when mm-hmm. we're even picked up and carried to where we need to be, you know, by force, because 
we're not we're not in control. We are being controlled, you yeah. know, and, and we're being directed by the people that we supposedly elected to and 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 trust to uh, be our servants. You know, it's not that way anymore. So that's that's the reality of the world we live in. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of the world we live in today, and uh, so it's going to take something to get us back beyond that if we're going to move uh, into a, a place of uh, being responsible for our own lives again and being uh, accountable and being uh, able to do the, the things that we want to do. Uh, it's comfortable to be uh, to be in that kind of situation, you know, to almost be a, a slave in a way because, you know, at least you know your life is, is, is directed and taken care of. But to be free, you know, you have to risk things. You have to challenge. You have to, you know, be a risk of failure or even your life not you know, your life's not working out anymore. So, but that's the kind of, of sacrifice and the kind of mindset that, that I believe we need to get back to if we're ever going to be anything more than just pawns and puppets in the system. You know, as much as we talk about it being wrong, every day I go to work, I drive my car, I contribute my effort and my labor to a corporation that, you know, is part of the bigger machine. So, you know, I'm, I'm part of it too, you know. Right. Only where you were at probably is the is the only place where you're you've stepped outside of the machine, you know. And yeah, and the machine probably knows that I've stepped out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm pretty aware okay. that you know my picture is probably on on a list someplace now. If yeah. it wasn't before, right? You know, and I really don't care. My dad wasn't worried about that. You know what? I'm at the point where you know what? You got to do the right Who thing. You know, you got to do right things. I mean, my either my family, my my daughter, and my son-in-law, who's in the Navy, was concerned about because they have a they have issues. They they kind of take it out on them on on the servicemen for their families being protesters and stuff, and they demote them in ranks and stuff when they're married. And you know what? I told my daughter, said, "Hey, you know what? I'm sorry, but I I I cannot." Jake during the Navy, I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. You've got your own calling. I have my calling. He has his calling. And I'm going to do what I feel is right for my family and for me. And I'm not going to be, you know, be in servitude to something that's not my calling. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't owe the military anything. He does. You do. I don't. Right. You know. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to stand there and fight for what I think is right for everybody, not just the natives. Because this affects right. everybody. Mm-hmm. It's so, life, exactly. it's generation, it's human life that is mm-hmm. at stake. Yes, You know, That's right. all the opposing forces out there just want to put a red face on it, and and like they always have, you know, mm-hmm. and that's not what it is. Exactly. Any, any color of face on it, because every color in the world lives in this country right now. Every, right. every denomination out there, every race is here in this country. You know, we were uh, the country that, you know, that everybody wanted to come to because it was a new life and supposedly you're free, you know, but uh, this cause, this is about life. Mm -hmm. You can take the collars off of all of it. Because it doesn't have anything really to do with the color of your face, your skin, what your religion is. It doesn't matter. You don't have water, you don't live. Your kids don't live, your grandkids don't live. Yeah, that's right. You can be a billionaire and if you don't have water, it doesn't matter. You're still not going to live. 
Right. That's right. You, you might be able to stockpile some water, but even that water that's in those plastic contaminated jugs isn't going to last forever, honey. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. There's no more us versus them. It's just us, you know. And uh, when when the when all that falls away, you know, and we realize that, I hope it's not too late to uh, to make the changes that need to be made. Uh, but uh, until then, you know, we are being pitted against one another, you know. And uh, uh-huh. and uh-huh. when really, you know, the the truth is, you know, we are one. We are just one human race that just needs to get our act together and quit doing all this crazy stuff to one another and, and start to live and start to unite uh-huh. to support one another. It's Yeah. You know, and I hope it happens relatively easily, but I have a feeling we're going to have to go through some things in order for it to happen and really see the folly and the error of our ways. And however that's going to play out is to be determined, but um, this is part of it. This is a very important part of it. When when history looks back and, and looks at what's going on now, I think it's that it's going to see it's going to be very apparent that these are the first struggles, you know, the first tuggings at the chain that yeah. have kept us in place for so long. And whether we get ourselves free like Houdini and just kind of go, cool. hey, look at this, you know, or it takes some real struggling and some pain and some some you know uh, sacrifice to to make it happen. That's that's to be determined, but. This is our this is real folks. This is our real struggle, you know. It's uh and it's happening right here, right now in this country. So mm-hmm. if if you're called to go, um just be cautious with what we've said uh, on the show tonight. If you if you go out there, uh be prepared and and be humble, be respectful, be open open eyes and open mind. Don't go in there trying to teach what you think they need to to hear, but to learn what they have to teach you. Absolutely. You know, um, go in there. With the causes that you can, if you can't go mm-hmm. there in person, like a lot of us can't, uh, not right now anyway, you can donate. Mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of organizations. Just find the right one. Sure. There might even be somebody set up with a PayPal account for that, for those folks, you know, or, or somebody who's collecting money. But be careful with that, too. You know, you want to make sure yeah. it's legitimate. Right. If you go down, there's... There's there's actually message boards where they actually set up uh, message boards or announcements where people who are traveling back to certain cities. So you're never without a ride. Mm-hmm. So there's there's always someone coming and going. So that's that's the beauty about that. Like if Paula wanted to come tonight, come home tonight, she probably could find somebody going back to Ohio to Cincinnati. Yeah. So those are the kind of things that are networking. There's a lot of good networking in that aspect. Uh, one thing I didn't say is that when the 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 natives there, the indigenous people there. They said they put the call out for help. The first people to show up were the hippies. <laughs> they said the hippies were the right first on. people to come. Yeah, that was one of the things that they they wanted to make very clear. And they said, "You guys, the hippies came first. Not to be derogatory towards your, you know, the word hippie, but you folks know how to live like this. You know right. how to just, you know, you know how to live off the land. And you know what? The hippies were, and they still are. And you know what? And they're on the front lines with them." So they're going to be respected. Yeah. yeah. So the hippies actually have a, are held in high respect, actually, mm-hmm. in the sense, as long as you're doing good things, I guess. Right, right. Uh, but the other native tribes have come, too, you know. Yeah, there's beautiful stuff, beautiful tribes coming. The Hopi came the other day. They ran from Arizona where you were at. That. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, that's awesome. All the way. Wow. Yeah, and so there was a, there was a horse, uh, a horse group. Fifty people came on horses. I'm not sure where they came from. 
I forget. I have to look that up. And then the Aztecs came yeah. on the 11th, I guess. Uh, you know, this reminds me of Avatar. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot like that, you know, where the tribes were united finally against the big machine that was trying to eat up there. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. You have to watch Avatar again. Yeah, about, a lot of yeah. people pointed that out. We should have an Avatar movie. A night, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Paint ourselves blue or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thanks for allowing me to share uh, my thoughts and my, you know, feelings about this. I know there's a lot I could sit here for hours and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Just there's little things that I probably forgot to mention, but you know, but I think I hit the the most important things. You know, I, a helicopter was blowing down on me when I was trying to cross the the prairie to go to the you know the, the front line. Mm-hmm. There's a video of me doing that. I guess I was showing the helicopter and it's like <laughs> top of me, just like trying to. Trying to disturb you. Yeah, disturb me. Mm-hmm. And then they did that during a ceremony. Water ceremony. Women were having a water ceremony. The helicopter from Dapple was like <laughs> over top, trying to just wow, just shit just, like that. Yeah, that's that's almost e- that's evil. That's yeah. just totally that. I can't believe they're even they could even get away with that. Mm-hmm. Now they put restrictions on the Native Americans using drones there. But they use drones all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are people wow. without any compassion. Yeah, I guess you're right. You know, they they strongly believe in what they're doing too. You know that they obviously, you know, that they're they're willing to hurt somebody. That's the difference. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think the indigenous people are they really want to hurt anybody. They just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. That they, they don't want it. And these guys, these these military guys, these Dapple and the Morton County Police, you know, they don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't even respect the uh, the, Indian, uh, the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Uh, you know, service they have mm-hmm. the BIA. So that tells you enough right there. That's the only way they can sleep at night, probably, is just telling them that, that they're right and you know they're doing the right thing. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. Go and support in any way you can. Uh, you know, there's plenty of other ways you can write, you can call, you can just make your voice heard. There's at some point they've got to notice that the world is watching. I think after the election, I think you'll see a lot. You'll see a big change. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll start to get more exposure because they need something. They yeah. need something. Right now, they only report when things get hot mm-hmm. and heated. Well, the mm-hmm. bad thing is, is even if they do report, they're probably mm-hmm. not going to report the truth. No, they're not. That's what we have to rely on our friends and and neighbors that have gone out there and are, are photographing and and uh, you know mm-hmm. live streaming and whatever they can. I want to take a moment and just just tell how proud I am of you, going and doing what you did, you know, and just stepping out of your comfort zone, your That's life, right. and you know, and just I'm so proud to be your friend, you know, and Thank you. and just, it was amazing and and continues to be amazing. So I was going to take off all my clothes and go in in the water. Just walk across and get pelted by rubber bullets. Wow, really? I was willing to wow. do that. I was, yeah. gonna, I was just gonna take off. I was gonna take off my clothes. It didn't happen because the the, the minister thing happened. Yeah. The clergy happened. I don't think it would have had the same effect if I had taken my clothes off on the <laughs> on, the, on the bridge. Yeah. But yeah. in the water, I could see what I would. Have. Coming at you from Naked Shaman Ministries. <laughs> <laughs> naked that's, Shaman. That's how powerful you feel when you're there, huh? I was. I really. Yeah. I was like. I'm, down for it. I was ready to, I was ready to like moon them, you know. And I was thinking I'm probably gonna get a rubber bullet in the ass for that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to do something to just spark 
like, oh, well, look at this guy. You know, Make an impact. You know, something that just triggers, you know, and mm-hmm. it goes viral. And the people see, you know, these people, this guy is, people are going naked to battle, you know. Right. Right. But I was going to do that. I, that was already in my mind. And you know what? Spirit is like, not today. Uh, not today. You yeah. know, not today. You're going to go do this mm-hmm. on the bridge today. You're going to yeah. go and stir the pot a little bit without getting too crazy. Mm-hmm. And, uh. I that, did. That had its own effect. I I already kind of knew that was going to happen. I knew that because I have issues with uh, with organized religion. Clergy. Yeah, with mm-hmm. clergy. Mm-hmm. I have I have issues with that just because things that have happened to me as a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the way that the church has done wrong, you can't really. Sometimes it's hard to rewrite those wrongs, you know. Because mm-hmm. they have the power now. Today, that you know, here's something that was really interesting. The Pope has a lot of say in what happens here. Oh yeah. The Pope has a lot of because the Franciscan, you know, the no, the Dominican priests and stuff. They have there's treaties and stuff within the Catholic Church that ride inside these writers. The Church mm-hmm. can actually, the Pope can actually stop all this. That was made very clear. Oh, by he the, can stop the pipeline. If yes, he can. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure how that plays and how that works. My dad was trying to explain it to me, but the Pope can actually. This world is really interesting now that this is all coming out. I think there's a lot of reasons why they don't want this to come out on the news, because there's a lot of things that will be exposed. Mm-hmm. A lot of exposure. Right. If the Pope has influence on this and can change this and the the direction of this, what else makes mm-hmm. you wonder? Mm-hmm. Right. And this wasn't just told by me. This was also told by the lady who was. Got the treaties from the the government, you know, who got ended up being the trees. She made. She says the Pope can stop this. There was one of our sisters who went and talked to the Pope, and the Pope was like, you know, they have a lot of investments here, a lot of money here. So it makes you wonder what the church had, what their right. what their hand is in here. We're gonna let it play out for a while. <laughs> well, look so, what their first hand was here. Right. Think about mm-hmm. that. So. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. That's probably why Things... the Pope hasn't said anything either. <laughs> so it's turning into an interesting thing. It really is. It so, really is. folks, tomorrow, exercise your right to vote or not vote. Just, just do what you can. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's my closing thought. You know, I'm going to go to the polls at like six o'clock in the morning. I'm going to be one of the first people there. I want to, I want to be first. So I'm sure yeah, some other me too. guy. <laughs> Be there for you, but it's like uh, I want to be first. I'm going after work about three thirty, four o'clock. Yeah, I'm going to go early because I just know it's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm Maybe not in my early. neighborhood. Yeah. What's that? I'm going early too. I'm going early. Mm-hmm. I think it should be a national holiday. Yeah. And I'm going to tell everybody right now who I'm voting for. <laughs> so, so you guys ready? I'm voting for.